The world is a big and magical place, and Jason and Colin are your guides. So grab a bucket of pixie dust, because this is Disney World with sass and no strollers. And here are your two fairy godfathers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Two Fairy Godfathers. I'm Jason Matheson. I'm Colin Matheson. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Mondays are for fairies, no matter where you're listening to us. I love to hear from you guys. You're like, oh, every Monday I listen to you on the way to work or when we go for a run. So wherever you are, New Mexico, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, thanks for joining us today. And don't forget to spread the word. If you're a Disney cast member, we'd love to hear from you too. We are here for you, cast members. We love you. We stand up for you. So spread the word that there's something you want us to bitch about for you. Drop us a line. We could do a whole episode on uh, on that. And uh, don't forget to find us on all of our other platforms too. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to search for Two Fairy Godfathers. Uh, if you're ready, we're ready. Let's get into today's topic. Get organized, people. The advantages to being organized. Disney, the reason we're doing this is because, A, it's a chance to marvel at Colin's organizational skills. But also, it is... It is kind of proof and it is to advise all of you that have never been to Disney World before or it's been a while that Disney World, to take full advantage, is not a place for a last-minute trip, especially if you've never gone. You'll be spending a lot of money and you may be missing out on things. You may uh, do things that uh, might be kind of a waste of time. We're going to try to help you get organized before you even get on the plane so that way when you get there – you can maximize what can be a very expensive trip. Yeah, I think the key is to make the most bang for your buck. And you're just going to want to do research, make plans. This isn't something you can just wing. No. So let's start with, okay, Kyle. So let me, let me, let me put a hypothetical to you because I, I'm addressing Colin because Colin, Colin is the one that, Colin organizes, I pay. That's what we do. <laughs> he, he organizes, I pay. Um, let me give you a hypothetical call. I think this will be the easy way to do it. Someone okay. listening right now. Party of two, okay, a couple, uh, let's say never been to Disney World before. Let me give you that scenario. Okay. Okay, never been to Disney World. Um, they're in their 30s, and what's the first thing they should do? Go. What would you do? I think I'd start with research on where to stay. Okay. Maybe that's not the best thing to do, but it depends. There's so many variables here on how much you know totally. and how much all this stuff. I'd start with where to stay only because... A lot of other things that you plan are going to be contingent upon you having a reservation. Okay, let me say my couple, my fake couple, they want it, they've listened to our podcast and they've taken our word that staying on property has advantages for them. So they're going to stay on property. Where where do they find the hotels, Kyle? Yeah, I I think you just go to Disney's website and you look around and you see what works for you. Mess around with the dates when you're booking your hotel and see if you can get a better deal, if you come in a day early, if you leave a day late, you never know what Disney has going on that could really change the price on those hotels. There's always deals going on, and you can see those right on there when you're booking. It'll say, like, special offers. You know, it's Splash in the Summer or, you know, Winter Getaway. There's always something that's going on. Take advantage of those and just tailor your dates maybe around those and look into what the different properties um, have and are within your budget. Yeah, I would say just because, you know, if you're not going to spend any time in the room and you don't care where you just want a place to put your head, check out a value resort and just see what makes sense for you. If you're like, no, I want to stay. I want to eat at a five star restaurant. I want to stay at an awesome villa. 
then, you know, stay at the Grand Floridian and eat at Victorian Alberts, and you want that spa-like experience. That's it, Kyle. I'm so glad. That's such a good thing that you just said. For all of you listening that are doing this, really let us know. I mean, you got to think about what kind of vacation you want. Do you want, if this is your first time and you only have maybe, say, two or three days, maybe you don't really give a rat's, rat's rear about the hotel. Like Kyle said, you just want a place to rest your head, but you still want to stay on property to get the conveniences of the Disney transportation system and blah, 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 blah. Then, yeah, then go to a value resort. Do an all-star resort. Do even a mid-level like Art of Animation. But if you're listening to this podcast and you've kind of fallen in love with how we do it, and the stuff, you know, oh, I, that pool sounds great or, oh, that restaurant there sounds great or the location, then, yeah, start with the mid-level or the deluxe resorts that we've mentioned. And yes. then yeah. Sometimes I book a room. We book a room at the Poly because I have every intention of not leaving the resort for a couple days on our trip. And I want to feel like I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. And I lay by the pool and they play Hawaiian music and I drink my little tiki drink and I feel like I'm in Hawaii. And I, that's the type of vacation I want. Kyle, you mentioned going online. Let me speak for the novice. Uh, I see a phone number on the, the website. Is there any advantage to calling a Disney operator in your, you've, you organize all of our trips. Is there any, cause you said, Hey, look for specials. You never know when a special, Do, have you found in your experience that the, the operators, if you call, have specials at the online? Usually no, they have yeah. the same stuff, but you know, a lot of times I like talking to a person. Yeah. And, um, Especially if there's a lot of variables. Yes. And so they can answer all your questions. So, yeah, give them a call if you want help booking a room. A lot of times what we've even done is I will pull up an itinerary that I want to yep. book and and have it on the computer. And then Jason will call and talk to a reservation specialist and see if they can get us a better deal or if we can mix and match. Or I'm saying I see this room and you're seeing that room. You know, blah, blah, blah. So that happened to us. Uh, we booked a 10 day in uh, Christmas and the cast member got us a really Colin had the computer pulled up and she got us a deal that wasn't listed online at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah, Cause we were staying after New Year's and I think the deal started like the second. So we that's something where we tailored our room to switch hotels on the second. And stay at a different hotel, the second, third, fourth, because we got a deal there. Yeah, we were we were flexible, and she asked that she was, "Are you flexible? Because if we rearrange some things, we may be able to get you what you want and and save some money as well." And I have it up on the computer because I don't want to give up that room while I'm on the phone with somebody. So I have both going because I think I've got like 15 minutes to book it. Yeah. So. Okay, so I've so let me for my hypothetical couple, we we're gonna book. Where should we put them, Kyle? Uh, there's first time there. Um. Let's put them at – let's put them at the Poly. Let's say there's a good deal at the Polynesian. Okay. Okay? They're a couple of two. They're there for three days. We've put them at the Polynesian. Okay, Jace, Kyle, I'm booked at the Polynesian. Uh, what do I do now? What would you have them do? Well, if you haven't already, you need to download the My Disney Experience app, and you're going to – everything that you do is going to go – at Disney World is going to get put into this app and connect everything. So you're going to create accounts for you and your partner – you're going to – all you need is an email address, so just sign up for that. You're going to connect as a family. You're going to buy your tickets on the app. You're going to link it to your account, and you're going to put your reservation code in there so it knows that you're staying on property, you have a three-day ticket, and that you two are connected. Let me speak for the person listening. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's I was, really not scary. I was going to say, I'm I'm just the conduit. I'm speaking to the novice listener that just heard you rattle all of that off. 
that seems intimidating. But like Hal said, it's it's really not. Yeah, creating an account, you're just entering an email and a password. Yeah. Um, you know, connecting with the rest of your party, you're just sending an invitation to their email. It'll you go. I'm not sure where the setting is in there, but if you go to your account and then it'll say like friends and family, send an invite, and you're just going to type it to the email address that that their account's under. So now you two are connected. So when you make any plans, they'll show up on your list of people that you could have plans with. Yes, you get that, everybody. Okay, it's it's not as intimidating. Yeah. Once it's very intuitive. The Disney yes. the Disney app is very intuitive. Connecting your hotel reservation, you're going to go to hotel reservations and enter your confirmation number, and it's going to pull it right up. Boom. Ticket. Just buy, go to tickets, buy the ticket you want, say who it's for, you're done. Yeah, everything. It's, it's pretty simple. And it's pretty intuitive, like I said. It's it's not, this sounds intimidating, and I know if you've never gone and you're listening to this episode as a primer, you're going to rewind this part a couple times, and I don't blame you. I mean, but th- those are the big things, I think, is setting up your account and connecting with your family, getting your hotel reservation into the app, getting your tickets into the app. Those are the three things that are going to be the most helpful when you're making the rest of your plans. Okay, so let's say uh fast passes. We talk a lot about people probably listen to this if they're novice, they they know the term fast pass. How do they do that, Kyle? How do they set up fast passes? So this is why you want to put your connect with someone and put your hotel reservation in the app because you can only book fast passes 60 days out if you have your on-property hotel reservation linked to the app. So that's why I did that step first. Um, so a fast pass, if you don't know, it's basically like a virtual queue that'll give you a one hour window that you can come back to the ride without having to wait in a standby line. Um, so you can get three of those per park per day. And then after those three are used, you can add them one at a time. And again, go, um, for fast passes and our trick, we call it, uh, playing the game. I think it was episode, episode one. one. Yep. If you, we go way deep into the secrets or our trick of taking full advantage of the of the fast pass system, refer to episode one uh, on our menu and yep. and and download that. But just know that you can book those sixty days out, so that's why you want to have your hotel reservation in there and do that the very first day that you can to get the perfect rides that you want and the busy rides. And does the same go for reservations? Because again, my couple, my fake couple, they kind of want an ex- they want a fairy godfather's experience. They 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 are eaters. They liked they like a good meal. Can they do reservations on the app? You can. And the nice thing about this is you can do these six months in advance. Oh. So my suggestion is even if you don't know that you're you're thinking about going to Disney but you don't have it booked yet, you're not sure, make the reservation six months in advance and then you can just cancel them. Yeah. And then as far as tickets too, you know, because you're going to pull up when you're buying, you're there. My fake couple's there for three days. Um, you're like, okay, do I get a single park? Do I get park hopper? Again, there's a episode of our, in our series about single day or, uh, uh, park hopper. Refer to that episode. We go deep diving into the advantages. What's right for you. I'm going to pick that my couple wants a full experience like us. So there are three day park hoppers they're buying. Yeah. And you know, back to dinner reservations real quick. It yeah. really, it depends on what you want to do. So I just say, do lots of research, you know, go to Disney food blog and, Watch some of the reviews of places and see what Hi, you it's think. AJ. Yeah, AJ won't lead you astray. Do Google searches and just read reviews and see what kind of atmosphere and vibe you want. Maybe you don't, you know, like I said, if you want that five star dining experience, go to Victoria and Alberts at the um, Grand Floridian. Floridian. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the name. That's one that's going to book up way in advance. It's going to be a tough one to get. So make that reservation as soon as you can. Um, the Beauty and the Beast Castle at 
Magic Kingdom. That's another tough one to get. Mm, yeah. Book that as soon as you can. Ohana, another popular one. There's openings. You can do that a little more last minute, but it's another popular one. Tough to do. Um, but you'll want to do research and know what's more for adults maybe and what's more for kids. What's more of a traditional restaurant and what's more experiential. I had to sleep with Captain Hook to get a reservation at the Bell's Castle. Sorry, Kyle, I didn't tell you that in advance. Anyway. Mm. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, hey, it's a it's a hard reservation to get. I mean, one for the team, girl, one for the team. Um, but no, but it's it's everything. Don't be intimidated. The app. I don't know what people did without it. And now, if you're listening to this and you're like a colonial person or a pilgrim, and you don't have, if you don't have a smartphone, you don't have an app. It makes it a little more complicated. Um, but hopefully if you're listening to a podcast, you have a smartphone, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> but if you don't, then you're going to have to do everything from the Disney website. Yeah. And there's always travel agents. You can always Absolutely. go see a travel agent and there's tons of them that are experts in this. They can help you out. And we, we, I'm not poking fun because I love her and we watch her videos like on Saturday afternoons. If you are wondering about food, I mean, we deep dive on some things, but AJ at Disney Food Blog, uh, her YouTube channel, their YouTube channel is really spectacular. They do deep dive, uh, on restaurants and where to go, where to eat. So if you are a foodie and you're taking our tips on planning, but yet you want more information on, um, foodie and dining questions, AJ at Disney Food Blog is tremendous. And you can always send us an email and we'll, yeah. you're happy to answer. It's just, you know, appealing to the masses. It's like everyone has such a specific taste that I don't want to recommend a place. And you're like, oh, I don't like seafood or yeah. I, I don't I don't want to do that. Yeah. So. And also depending on how much you want to spend, too, I because there's everything from, like Colin said, there's high end to quick serve to, you know, uh, quick marts where you just grab, you know, fruit on the uh, on the go. OK, so they have. They have their reservation at the Poly. They have their Fast Pass booked. Transportation. Um, we're going to get into mid. Uh, we're going to get into actually a viewer uh, or a podcast listener question in a minute. But uh, would you recommend, like transportation wise, should they rent a car? Should my couple rent a car? If you're not leaving Disney World, I would not. Okay. Um, it's you have to pay to park it on property. You have to pay to rent it. If you're not leaving, it's not worth it. There is it's a relatively cheap Uber ride from the airport to the property. There's free transportation on Disney's Magical Express. Um, we'll get into that. But I don't think you need a car unless you're planning on leaving property. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to go to the ocean for a day or two and you need a car, then you can do that. Um, but if you're just there for a three-day weekend, no, you don't need a car. No. Now, as far as – because this is all about organizing. As far as organizing your day, you have your fast passes. And, again, refer to episode one to deep dive on our, our tricks and how to take full advantage of that, that thing. But as far as organizing, if you want the full experience, you should look ahead at shows. So, you know, we're not big – we don't do a lot of the parades and we don't do a lot of the shows. But if that's your cup of tea – Planning ahead, right? How look yeah. at the schedules. For look at the schedule parks. for the day because you know a lot of parks. Some parks don't have much going on, but like Magic Kingdom has oh. something all the time. And if you want to see that, you have to plan for that, and you'll want to plan your fast passes around it. Um, another thing, pay attention to park hours. You know they've got extra magic hours some days in the morning, some days at night. Some depends on the park. So if you want to do a park in the morning during extra magic hours without using your fast passes because no one will hopefully be there to, you know, since it's early, and then start your fast passes at a different park after that, that's something to think of that will give you more time to get in more rides without having to 
get fast passes over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and let's say you want my fake couple. Let's say you've heard us talk about Happily Ever After, which is the nighttime spectacular at Magic Kingdom. You want to make that a priority. Well, before you get there, you know, look at your day. You know, uh, if, if yeah, you don't plan think... to end your day at Magic Kingdom, maybe so you can do your rides and then see the fireworks and that you have enough juice in your engine to yep. get you get you to yeah, eight o'clock. Yeah. Maybe you're doing stuff in the morning and taking a nap and then can get you through. Or what we do a lot of times, if you couldn't get a fast pass for flights of passage, go on a morning that they have extra magic hours, get there plenty early before rope drop and then knock that ride out. Knock out the safari, and then you could do something else there if you want. And then at Animal Kingdom, yep, at Animal Kingdom, and then you knocked out three rides in an hour and a half in the morning before all the other parks are even open, and then you can start your fast passes at another park. I, I, we're gonna, I'm, we're gonna touch on that again because we we've said that in a couple of other other episodes. That's probably one of the best things we can tell you is, especially Colin mentioned Flight of Passage, which if you're a novice or you're new, never been to Disney, that's the Avatar ride that everyone talks about. That is. The waits can go up to five to six hours, and that is not a joke. One of the best things that we have done that saves us time, uh, utilizes our time well, is if there is a ride like that and you can't get a fast pass, Colin just said it and we'll say it again, get to that park about 45 minutes before opening, what they call rope drop. And when the rope drops, you walk right to that ride. You will you will still have a wait, probably still have Maybe a 30-minute wait. Yeah, but I'd rather wait 30 minutes than four Five, hours. Four hours. And then, you know, you may even have an hour wait, but that's nothing in Disney time. That's like dog years. I mean, just then knock that ride out, and then you're, you've are you knocked it out. I mean, you're done, and you have the whole day. You have the whole day, and you've knocked out the most popular ride. And you didn't have to waste a fast pass on it. Exactly. So you still have three more fast passes at another park. Yeah. So you know, a lot of times we'll go to Animal Kingdom in the morning. Yep. We'll do that. And then we'll go, and our fast passes will start at Hollywood at like 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. And we can get three rides in at Hollywood Studios. And we've done four, five, six rides before noon. Yeah. That's a, that's a typical day. So, yeah, we wake up. Yeah, and it does suck. I mean, it does. we, we don't like waking up early. But at 11 o'clock, we are grateful, Gretchen, that we have done five rides before 11 before eleven a.m. And you don't have to do it every day. Maybe it's just one day that you're like, you know what, I really want to ride that Avatar ride. Or I'm at Magic Kingdom and I really want to ride uh, Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Mm-hmm. Because that's another, again, for new people, that's the newest, most popular ride at Magic Kingdom is the... Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We've that waking up and going to Magic Kingdom at Rope Drop. We've done that probably the most. Yes, just to get on uh, Mine Train, and we've had success ever. I think the longest wait we've ever had when we've done that strategy is about a half hour. Yeah, and that's nothing for Mine Train. That ride can get to two, three hours, and it's been open for three, four years. So it's it's again, as you can see. Planning ahead, and I'm not a big planner, but I always – it drives me nuts, but there's always an advantage when you get there. I mean, these trips are expensive. Disney World is expensive, and we want you to maximize your time, especially if you haven't been there before. So uh, that's why the, organizing, though a pain, will really, really save you. Now, sometimes, you know, we try to make these episodes 
live forever. We don't really do a lot of topical stuff, but uh, there's a lot of news breaking uh, because there's a lot of new things coming. So every so often in these episodes, we're going to be talking on talking about topical news that's uh, kind of popping. And this week, as we record this news, uh, more information re- was released about Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. If you're listening to this in the future, you can just fast forward just a minute or two. But we learned some more details about how they're going to do the soft opening and the opening at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Yeah, so speaking of planning, this is one that we've kind of talked about where you're going to get um, – you have to have a reservation to get in there and all this stuff. Well, now it's confirmed that you can only be in there for four hours. That's nuts. Well, there's a lot of people that want in, and they don't want you to stay in there all day. I was wondering, how are they going to – we were talking about I, – I do a radio show too, everybody. How are I, – I usually can figure this stuff out. How are they going to regulate – how how are they going to remove you after four hours? Yeah, I could see how you wouldn't be able to ride a ride, but I don't know how they get you out of the park because I'm guessing they'll probably scan your ticket or your magic band and it won't work, you know, after. Is a stormtrooper going to kill you after four hours? <laughs> yes. Yep. No, but I'm serious. I was trying yeah, to figure I don't I mean, know how they're going to do it, but I mean, it's only a couple of weeks, I think, that they're enforcing this and then it will start to open up. But And again, this is at Disneyland, everybody, and I know our podcast exclusively covers Disney World, but... Uh, Disney World's uh, Galaxy's Edge will open in, in August, but I just, it's crazy. So only four hours. And I mean, look, there's only going to be one ride open at open anyway, and that's going to be the, uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's, Smuggler's run. run. But still, what if, what if the wait is for, that's it. You get, you walk in, you get in line and you leave mm-hmm. and that's your time at Galaxy's Edge. What if you want to shop? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how they're going to, I'm looking at Colin like he has the answers. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to kick people out, but. They're going to, so there, that, that's the big news. There's also a new, a nighttime, uh, event, uh, with the villains at Magic Kingdom and Disney World. We posted the cool poster, uh, in our stories on our Instagram account. So, uh, search for two fairy godfathers. So a lot of exciting things happen. A lot of news popping out of Epcot too, because Epcot is really going to be changing over the next, uh, few years. So, uh, Every so often, we're going to be talking about topical news, and this is just one one of those days. You've got Mickey mail. Oh, boy. That's right. Every so often, we also answer your emails and your questions that you send us on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter account. This question came from Joe, and it's perfect because of what we've talked about as far as organizing. Joe wrote to us, and he said, I heard about this Magical Express bus from Orlando International Airport. What is it, and is it worth taking? He does want to save some money. So he heard that because he's staying on property, he gets it for free. Kyle, you want to handle this? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your priorities. If if cost is your biggest thing and you want to save the 40 bucks of an Uber, then take the Magical Express. It is a free option if you're staying on Disney property. It's a bus that picks you up at the airport, takes you to your hotel. It's great. However, however, <laughs> I am impatient and I would rather spend my $35 and be from the airport to my hotel in 25 minutes. Get my ass there. Because the problem is when we took the Magical Express the very first time we went and we didn't know, it takes a long time. Forever. It stops at multiple resorts. It's not fast. It's a bus, you know. So there's just – I think our friend Maddie took it once and we were waiting for him and we we knew what time he landed. He texted when he landed and like two and a half hours later, he wasn't meeting us at the park yet. And we're like, where "Where are are you? you? He said, I'm on the bus still. So that's the downside of it. I mean, if you've got, you know, 25 people in your group and you're all, you know, 
it's grandma and grandpa and all the cousins and everything, and you're all going, and you don't want to all pay for Ubers, fine. And time it. isn't an issue, and yeah. you're not you're not impatient. Yeah, if you fly in at seven o'clock at night and the parks are closed, you don't care. Sure, go, go ahead, you, take girl. the Magical Express. My personal preference is I'd rather pay the thirty bucks to take an Uber or a Lyft or. You know, and do that versus a taxi. I think they're pretty comparable. Taxis might be a little more. Because I was going to say, we don't like generalities, but in our experience, and we were there about five times a year, a typical Uber ride is about $40, $40 to $50. Is it that much? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Typically, if I'm, yeah, if I'm thinking correct, if I'm thinking clearly, it's usually about, probably closer to 40 Yeah. It's not bad. Look, and I'll pay, again, I'll pay 40 just to get there. And that's why I take an Uber over a taxi just because that, that meter when you're sitting in the traffic of Orlando, which they have so much traffic and I don't they understand do. on the interstates there. Um, so that's why I take a, a ride share versus a taxi because that meter keeps going up and it's like, oh, I'm just sitting here. So if money is an issue and time is not, you don't care, take M- Mickey's Magical Express if you're staying on property. Um, if you are like, you want to get there, and you don't mind spending forty, fifty dollars? Take an Uber. Do not do Magical Express because it does take a while. And yeah, minivans do run to the airport now too. But who, child? You'll have to take it on mortgage. Yes, they've gotten very expensive, very, very expensive. So, Joe, thank you for your question. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, as always, for the great ratings on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate those five stars. Yes, we do. And on Podcast One and Spotify, spread the word. Tell your mamas. Tell your papas, your friends about us. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Two Fairy Godfathers on Facebook, Twitter, and we're the most active on Instagram. Follow us there, please. And if you need to get a hold of us, that's where you can. We'll see you next week. Have a magical week, everybody. Bye. Bye.